The last two essays are much more emotive in nature. Rabbi Shneri Zalman's reaching out to his students, his Hasidim, and giving them a, a real talk about certain things that he heard about them that he's unimpressed with. So essay eight is basically based on the fact that word must have reached the Alter Rebbe that the Hasidim of a certain synagogue did not permit a worshiper who would pray at length to lead the services because some individuals were pressed for time. And Rabbi Shneur Zalman's not impressed. In this letter of admonition, he writes that it is better for this person to even forgo participation in, part, in the congregational responses of Baruch Hu and Kedusha, if it's impossible for him to remain longer, than to keep his fellow congregants from praying in Lent. In other words, if you're in a rush, then you leave. Why are you making everybody else daven shorter? For deliberate prayer involves life and self, and indeed it prolongs one's life. By cutting short the prayers of others, this busy individual tampers with their very lives. Hectic stuff. In his words, I have heard with foreboding, and I am deeply grieved, writes Rabbi Shneur Zalman, that God's people are preventing one who yearns for the life and longevity of all our brethren they're preventing him from leading the service in the small sanctuary, the synagogue of our Hasidic brotherhood. Because the person who leads the service at a measured pace thus enables the fellow congregants to pray at length and provides them with life and longevity. As our sages of blessed memory write in the tractate of Brachot, three things prolong the days of, of a man, and one of them is prolonged worship. <clears throat> Now, even one extremely pressed for time who finds it utterly impossible to wait until the congregational response called Kedusha in the repetition of Amidah, he won't have time for it. Far better it is for him to forego hearing Kedusha and Baruch Hu than to tamper with the lives of those who desire life. The Torah, after all, exonerates those who don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, leave. Moreover, the, the Chazin discharges his obligation for him. In other words, the Chazin will be saying Kedusha and he does it on his behalf. So even though he did not hear it recited, it's as if he recited it. Obviously, this is not ideal, but in this scenario. The Gemara notes this in reference to people who work in the fields who are considered under duress and fulfill their obligation of reciting Amidah by the reader's repetition, as if they actually heard it from him. In other words, he does it. So Kedusha and Baruch Hu are also those, uh, amongst those obligations which are fulfilled through the reader's prayer. This being the case, a person under duress should obviously not inconvenience others who seek to prolong their prayers. This we have searched out and verified, writes Rabbi Shneri Zalman, that what? Even regarding the early generations of the sages of Mishnah Gemara, whose, tari, whose Torah study, not prayer, was constant and their primary service, even with them, prolonged prayer was related to life and longevity. How much more so is this empathetic, sorry, empathically true at this time, in the period just before Mashiach comes, when our Torah study is not constant because of the difficulty of our times, the primary service in the period just preceding Mashiach is prayer, as we wrote, as we discussed in a previous essay of this section, Kudras Achron. So surely then, it is fitting and proper to devote ourselves utterly to it, and this prolonged prayer, buttressed by a disciplined contemplation of Hashem's greatness, because you can't really have a long prayer without the meditation that leads to it, this is an actual Torah-mandated 
imperative to those who understand the efficacy, the efficacy, the, the accomplishment of at least a little profoundly considered meditation, each according to their measure. So each and every one of us has an obligation to go through the praises of Hashem and Psuki de Zimra, which is the beginning of Davening, and the blessings preceding Shema, Yotzer Ar, and Navat Olam, and to go through all this in order to arouse through these blessings the love that's latent in the heart of every Jew, so that this heart, this love can attain a state of revelation in the openness of the heart by the time the person reaches Kriyat Shema. When we say, V'ahavta, this is the command, to love God. And the Rambam writes in his book, Mishnah Torah, that loving Hashem is a fundamental of the Torah and its root and source of all 248 positive commandments. In other words, you have an obligation to love. And we spoke about this extensively in this first section. And the Magad the Messenger, who was Rabbi Shneur Zalman's teacher, he writes that the Torah tells us you shall love. Now, seemingly, how can you command somebody to love? It's not, it's not something you could tell me what to feel. And he explains that the subject of the command is not the love, but the meditation that will lead definitely to the experiencing the love. is not a commandment as much as an assurance. Why? If you do Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem and what does Shema Yisrael mean? That you meditate on Hashem. Shema Yisrael doesn't only mean to listen. It means to hear or in Yiddish dead head and to really contemplate and meditate. So if you meditate on Hashem, then you will love Hashem. Because that's what happens. In the words of the Rambam, you only love something based on how much you know them. So if you meditate on godliness, that will lead to love. And you need this love because when you reveal this love, then you're able to elevate the darkness within you and you elevate to, able, uh, to elevate the sparks of holiness that are hiding within the parts of you which are not necessarily pure. You, but if you're full with love, you'll, you'll outgrow all these challenges and you'll be bigger than it. And for this reason, prayer is the primary service in the, before Mashiach comes to seek out and elevate the sparks. All the sparks that are hiding within your heart, within your lust, within the food you eat, etc. From the clothing and the home, all your physical existence, davening allows it to elevate. Because davening is when you reveal your innate love of Hashem. And therefore, prolonged prayer and meditation are a necessity. However, in, in the earlier generations it was different. The divine souls were of a higher order. And the refinement and elevation of the sparks were instantaneous by just saying Shema. But in today's day and age, it's very different. And a person must daven with length. Tfila ba'arichus.